when I started as a special needs parent, I remember feeling the weight of all of the demands on me as a physical weight, an emotional weight, and a mental weight. There was so much that was overwhelming physically. I felt it in my shoulders, in my neck, in my lower back. It physically felt as if it was weighing me down. I was always thinking through scenarios, thinking up how I should deal with one issue or another. I was feeling so buffeted by everything that was out of my control that emotionally I really felt like I was a basket case and could find no balance and no middle ground. And all of those things really uh, took everything I had just to make it through the day. For that reason, I found it very hard to progress out of where I was. What I found is that instead, I was just going in circles, sort of living the, the same day over and over, doing the same tasks, experiencing the same overwhelm, looking into uh, an unending future that looked exactly the same as the day I was living. I don't know how many of you experience that and how often you experience that, but I do suspect that a good percentage of us overwhelmed persons, of us special needs parents, of us who face countless demands from many quarters in our life find this kind of experience to characterize the way that we feel at least a good bit of the time. However, it's been 10 years for me since my daughter became brain injured and Many years into the journey, I remember thinking, how long am I going to be reliving this? Surely there's more to life than this. Surely there should be more to life than this. Um, and then I had to deal with guilt. I shamed myself. I was arguing with myself that... Daring to admit that I wanted more was being unfaithful or uncaring in some way to my daughter. Well, I'm here to tell you that that's not true. I'm here to tell you that by wanting progress and by creating some progress and some light and some hope in your life, you light yourself up. And you give your child and you give everybody else in your life a fuller experience of who you are and you improve the experience of life that others have because of their interaction with you. I promise that. And that's why this episode is focusing on what else might be slowing down your progress? Have you thought of? these five factors.
factor one. You know exactly who you are and you are so committed to being all of that identity that you're holding on to it with everything you've got. And that makes it hard for any part of that identity to shift to allow you to become something that you want to level up to. How interesting is that concept, right? The first time I thought about that, I had to park it and wait until I was ready to unpack that. Because thinking into that upset a whole lot of the foundation ideas that I had built my way of thinking and feeling and behaving on. See, I want to become another version of me. I want to shift into a more expanded version of me. And I believe that every human being is programmed to continue evolving into a, a, a better, more impactful person that gets us closer to living the purpose that we are here to live. And that purpose might be related to service to a single person. It might be service to a group of people. Or it might be service to huge numbers. And Sir Richard Branson comes to mind for me because that's huge when I think about his impact through many, many, many different approaches and many different businesses in different sectors in our society, right? So if getting to the next version of me requires me to have new traits and new skills and new openness to ideas, and this is the hardest one I feel, adjusted values and attitudes, then if I'm holding on really, really hard to who I am right now, and the skills and values and so on that I have right now, and I feel that this is what makes me worthy, and this is what makes me good, and this is what makes me whole, I'm not going to want to let go of those and let them morph and let them change because I'll be so afraid of losing what makes me me and what makes me acceptable to myself or to others that I won't want to risk becoming somebody that I don't recognize or becoming somebody that I won't respect. So that's the tricky thing. How do I hold on to the values that are important but allow certain other aspects to shift so that I can be somebody who is becoming? We must not be so dedicated to this image of who we are or this identity that we are right now that we are unable to shift or that we might shift and rebound right back to who we were. And an example of that is something that happened to me. I would have changed the way that I ate 
and become much, much healthier. And fallen right back into bad habits after because I had not shifted my identity of myself. So I'll just leave that for you to think on because each of us has different things that might be keeping us stuck. Do some reflection, write it out in a journal on a piece of paper. What is it that defines who you are? What are you so committed to being? Could there be certain parts of that identity that you actually could benefit from shifting and that you need to step out on a limb and allow yourself to release that stranglehold on so that you can evolve into the next better version of you. Factor two, you aim for perfection. What's wrong with aiming for perfection, you might ask. But when you step back and look at it, can you remember times when you keep judging what you're doing to see where there might be little dings, little shortcomings, and constantly polishing, constantly fixing, so long that something that could be finished long before gets dragged on and dragged on before you'll release it. That definitely can slow your progress. That has a debilitating effect on you. People may call you a type A person. You might be so harshly self-judgmental, always doubting yourself, always thinking about or talking in your own head about how you are mediocre, how you have failed, how dumb you are because you've let some small thing slip by. Others outside of you may never see these shortcomings because you flagellate yourself, you beat yourself up about your shortcomings so much inside of yourself before you allow what you have created or done to get out into the world. You protect yourself by being harshly judgmental of yourself. Don't let your fear of failure stop you from trying at all. And don't let your fear of shaming yourself by making mistakes or falling short in some way slow you down from progressing or slow you down from trying something new because you don't think that you know every single aspect of this new thing or this new job, or this new task that you have to take on. You may be the best person for the job, and you may be convincing yourself not to go for it, because you can see how much is not pinned down, and how much is new, and feel that that means that you won't be able to give the best service, or give the best results. Always bear in mind that in order to grow, you have to take risks. You have to learn new skills. And that means that you have to start in a place where you haven't all the answers and where you have to create solutions. And you have to risk failing 
Because in failing, you get to see how else you can do things. You get to adapt, to grow, to keep trying. And that's how you grow. That's how progress comes to you. The people who do not fail are the people who do not progress. Or if you fail only in tiny ways, you progress in much smaller ways than you otherwise could have. Factor three, you may not be extremely clear on some aspect of your vision. What are you hoping to create? What are you dreaming of creating in your life in general and in detail in certain aspects of your life? Are there certain parts of your life that you find that you are developing in and showing up to serve and to create in, but there are other parts of your life that are underdeveloped, that you don't really spend a lot of time looking at, dreaming about, and creating better conditions for yourself in. Ask yourself, how can you spend some time on that? How can you put a little more emotion into that? How can you go after what you want in those areas? Factor four, you don't have the best habits. You know the answer here better than anybody else. What are the areas in your life where you know that if you had better habits, you'd be able to enjoy a healthier or fuller or more fulfilling life? Maybe it's your nutrition and health and personal, physical health and well-being. Maybe it's your financial well-being. Maybe it's your spiritual development and awareness and openness. Maybe it's relationships, which might be social, which might be in your extended family or your immediate family. Maybe it's your relationship with yourself and your exploration of your own personal characteristics, getting to know who you are and what really matters to you. Maybe it's the relationship that you have with your spouse or special other. Maybe it's developing certain skills related to your career or related to your special needs child if you're a special needs parent. So go through what some of the gaps are that you identify for yourself from time to time with regard to the habits where you think you're dropping the ball, where you think you really need to step up and tune up a little bit. Also think about some of the habits you may have that may be actively eating away at your well-being and your success. Do you, for example, have a habit that keeps you too much on social media and that takes up so much of your time that could be more productive, that could give you more time to rest, that could help you to 
create better relationships with your children because you could invest some more time in that. Are you spending too much time Netflixing? Because when we are stressed, sometimes we just plop down on the sofa and get lost in a television show or three and think that this is how we are de-stressing. Science shows that, by the way, that doesn't happen. Sitting there on the couch doesn't de-stress us as much as a rest or as some other approach that can rejuvenate and rebuild us. So perhaps you want to replace the detrimental habit with a habit that will actually give you rest and top you up. So think about what habits you may already have that are detrimental and that could be something like smoking or drinking because those things are also used to cut your stress down. Science has shown that we, some people, smoke because smoking draws such a deep breath that it calms us. And there are smokers who have replaced the smoking habit by incorporating, in part, by incorporating deep breathing and breath work because they still get that calming breath that helped them to deal with their stressful lives. So you don't have to cut out a habit entirely if you understand why you lean into the habit. There may be ways that new habits that support you more can come in and be a part of how you step into a healthier place, that you step into a better future for yourself. Factor five, you don't know everything that you need to know to do it on your own. The fact is that none of us know all the right methods, that none of us are able to do everything on our own. We all need to upskill ourselves, to learn from others' experience, to get help from others to hold us accountable or to support us, to engage us, and to give us a safe, a safe place that we can come and share, to get support, to find inspiration, to be held when we fall or when we fail or when we get hurt. So where are you getting the support that you need? And if your support is insufficient or not there at all, how are you getting support? You can read biographies to inspire you. You can join a group of people and even online groups can help you with that who share your dream of progress and who will support you and also allow you to support them. There are few things that build us humans up more than having a community of support or a community of care to be a part of. And I'm going to share in the show notes a link to my own community so that you can join us on Facebook in order to find inspiration and in order to find support from others who also want to push forward 
through overwhelm, who also want to start thriving so they can experience more joy and more fulfillment in their lives. So come join us in the Thrive Collective on Facebook. Another really important way that we can get support to adjust our methods and shift our habits and look at our thinking and our mindset and move our limiting beliefs forward can be to lean on a mentor or coach to inspire you and stretch you and hold you accountable. So think about what you want where your gaps are and how you can start filling your gaps to help you to stretch yourself and move along in terms of building more know-how, more methods, more ability to practice and to grow. Those are five powerful things to reflect on about what might be just holding you back a little more than you want in your life. Tuning these up can really get you revving and moving faster into the life, into certain aspects of the life that you want. And I want to support you in those those areas. I want to invite you to come join me for a free workshop challenge that I'm running two days next week that's august 23rd and 24th come join me for the activated life challenge free on facebook you can register via the link i've put in the show notes and there's going to be a replay if you've missed the live activated life challenge so come join us in our facebook group and catch the replay and also access many resources that can support your growth beyond the challenge. See you there.